today's reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 4 through 14, and 27 through 31. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. This is the word of the Lord. Hey, good morning, church. Uh, I'll take it. Hey, that was, that was really good. Good job warming them up, Andrea. Uh, my name is uh, Matthew. I serve as a pastor here at Christ City. I will say, by the way, listen, uh, the Vacation Bible School that we do um, uh, e- each year uh, here at Minor is really, it's, it's a ton of fun, and it is an incredible gift to the community. And every year, we've done it for a, for a week, like four days or five days. And, um, and then the, the community's like, all right, so next week? And we're like, no, no, we, we're exhausted. We have, to, we have to be done. They're like, no, 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 like another week. And so every year, that both the administration at Minor, the neighbors, the neighborhood, that, it's something that they actually look forward to as well. And so make sure that you, that you uh, log on and that you sign up and that you come out um, one night, couple of nights, however much time that you have. And we are moving it to the evening because we've realized that it's actually a gap, that there's a lot of camps and stuff that happen uh, even in this neighborhood, but they take place during the day. And so we said, well, rather than sort of duplicating that, let's actually have something in the evening that will hit some needs that the community has, but still also give us a chance to, uh, to be salt and light in this neighborhood. So that's, uh, that's uh, I, th- I think, a, a helpful innovation that we're making. And thanks to Nikki and her team as they continue to, to put the systems and structures together for that. So um, here's what I want you to do um, to start off with. The extroverts are going to love this. Introverts are going to hate me. But here's what you're going to do. Um, I want you to turn to your neighbor, and I want you to t- um, share a, like a, a hidden talent that you have. Um, something that maybe, you know, some skill that you have that maybe you learned it when you were younger or maybe it's just something that you're sort of naturally gifted at and, uh, you know, you don't often trot it out, but it's a sort of a hidden talent, all right? So I'm going to give you a couple, of, uh, a couple of minutes to do it. So turn to your neighbors, a couple of folks around you and share, here is my hidden talent, all right? So take a couple of minutes and go. Here. What's up coming? So uh, either tell what, what your talent was, or you can just sort of tell on your neighbor's business. Like, so from this, what were some of the talents that you, uh, that you uncovered? Hidden talents. An artist, yeah. Uh, visual, graphic, dance. What do we got here out the line? Yeah, drawing, painting. Perfect. Any other talents back here hidden? She's a talented, 
sleep for six months. So we'll, we'll take all the new, new parents in the room are like, whoa. Can you teach my kid to do that thing? Uh, with new, hidden talents over here. What'd you come up with? Uh, bird watching. Bird watching. Like you can identify the birds. Like by sound or sight or both? Both. Yo, it's amazing. <laughs> Anybody else? Hidden talents. Beatboxer. What? Like, bro, my mic is over here. Can, come on, man. Where's, where's Eric? You share a secret with the neighbor. It's good. Are we ready? I don't know. Is this working? We got it? Good. Perfect. I'm a man. Wow. Welcome to Christ City. Glad you're here. Akai Johnson, ladies and gentlemen. That's good, yo. We found a Kid City volunteer for the VBS. <laughs> That's great. Now, I, th I probably freaked out everyone else. I was like, I'm not saying nothing, man. Who knows what's going to happen up here? Hidden, hidden talent. Thank you, Akai. Thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. All right. I'll take it. Well done. Good. Uh, the hidden talent's over here. What? Bro, do you, some of you guys are like holding out. Like, I don't know about America's Got Talent. I feel like Christ City's Got Talent's good. We should, we should offer some. There's a lot of, just a lot of sort of gifts um, and talents in the room. And, and seriously, Nikki hears about some of these. You guys are getting conscripted into a, a vacation Bible school. Um, uh, th there's different things that, that, that you guys are, are, are good at or gifted at, um, either that you just sort of naturally fell into it or that through some uh, uh, discipline or even a combination of both of those. And what I want to spend a bit of time on this morning is talking about the ways that we're gifted, the, w the ways that, that, um, uh, that we just have these, these talents or these things that we're, that we're good at. Over the past several weeks, we've been considering uh, the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, we've uh, looked at the ways that Jesus talked about and relied upon the Holy Spirit. We've looked at the fruit of the Spirit in our own lives. Uh, that's produced by the faithful presence of the Holy Spirit. And we've even given time to the ways that the Holy Spirit is in combat with unholy spirits. That, uh, and those unholy spirits that look to undermine uh, the work of God in uh, our lives and in the world. And the aim of this series as we've walked through understanding the Holy Spirit um, and the time that we've dedicated to it is so that we might have a deeper understanding of uh, the person and the work of the Spirit but that also that we might have some experiences with the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Now, anytime that you talk about the Holy Spirit uh, from the context of, of Scripture and those that follow Jesus, you inevitably arrive at talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, um, and, when, and that's what I want to center on this morning. Now, a couple of just preliminary points to say. Whenever we, oftentimes these conversations around gifts of the Holy Spirit, they sort of end up in a couple of different places, typically within the church. One is, uh, one place is uh, the gifts that are listed in the, in the New Testament, for uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, 
do all of those gifts, are they still in operation today, or uh, did some of them stop at some point in the past? That's typically one place where these conversations go. And the other conversation, uh, when we talk about gifts of the Holy Spirit, is, is much more personal. It's like, well, what are my gifts? So I, let me just, straight out of the chute, let me just answer these two questions really quickly. Um, the uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit are for those that follow Jesus at all times. There's a, a particular way that I can build that case. I actually don't want to spend time on that. I'm just going to tell you, yes, the gifts are still available. There's sort of marginal groups that say that a few have stopped. I do not believe that. There's reasons. I'm not going to go into it. And in terms of what, what are your gifts spiritually, I don't know. <laughs> Perfect. Good. Band, come on up. We'll, uh, no, just kidding. But what I do want to tell, and I know that I'm being a little bit dismissive about that, but, 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 the, but the reason is because there are some things that I actually want us to tackle, not about specific gifts necessarily in their usage, but rather some of the shared characteristics uh, about all of the gifts together and what we need to understand about them uh, in our world and in our lives. Um, and the way that I want to talk about them this morning is, is sort of four categories that all of the, the spiritual gifts sort of fall into or ways that we can understand them. And it's this, the gifts of the spirits that, 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 that they're divine, that they have divine origins, that they have spiritual origins. And secondly, that they're diverse, that there's, that there's not one gift. I hope that you get it. And there's not even a hierarchy of gifts. I hope that you get this one and you can sort of work really hard to get it. It's not that there's a diversity of gifts. The third is that they're developing. Um, gifts aren't, they, they're not given fully grown. Uh, they're, they, that there's a development to them. And then the fourth thing is that they're dynamic, that they're not static. So I want to walk through these four steps as it relates to the spiritual gifts. So let's take a look again at our passage, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, beginning in verse 4. Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and he says this, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. First out of the chute is that the gifts, that they're divine, that they, that they are from the, the Holy Spirit, that it's the Spirit that distributes these gifts. It, it's the Spirit that, that gives the gifts. They're gifts. Even the language of them is, is that, they're, that they're gifts. What, what they aren't are things that you earn. They're not things that you have to strive or work for. And part of this is actually a consistency with the ways that our faith is carried throughout. When we come into faith in Jesus, it's not something that we earn. It's not something that we, that we work for or strive for. The ways that we come into faith with Jesus is just through surrender. And as it is with our faith, so it is with the gifts. They're simply given. It is simply an expression of the, of the everlasting grace and goodness of God to say, here are gifts that I give to my children. This is all, we see this in other places when, uh, when Andrea preached a few weeks back on Galatians 5 on the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 20, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. The, the fruit of the Spirit is put in contrast with the works of the flesh. Similarly, it is with the spiritual gifts. You can't earn, you can't work, you can't work ethic your way into the fruit of the Spirit, and neither can you work ethic your way into the gifts. You can't just say, if I, if I, just, if I just labor hard enough, then maybe I'll get one gift or another. It's, it's not that, because... What is centered is the centrality of God's grace over and over and over. 
the same way, again, that we enter into faith with Jesus through surrender based on Christ's work, not ours. It's the same way that we receive the gifts of the Spirit through God's grace and God's initiative, not ours. And and part of the reason for this is because if we could work for the gifts, then we would work for the gifts, and then we would boast in those gifts. Look at what I have done. And we would remove Jesus from the center of our faith and place ourselves at the center of our faith. And ever and always what Jesus wants to say is, no, life works best when I'm at the center. It works best when, when, when the gifts are given. We didn't earn these. This is why there's a, such a tremendous tragedy when those would... Um, particularly within the church, or have some measure of spiritual authority when they abuse the spiritual gifts that they have, or that they use them for their own sake or for their own aggrandizement. The tragedy of using the gifts uh, out of selfish motives rather than in pursuit and in service of God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. The gifts that, we re- the, gifts that the Spirit gives are gifts that we receive. It's not by our own hands. It's so that God's goodness and his glory may be made uh, known in our own lives and in our own world. So the gifts are divine. The other thing is that the, the spiritual gifts, that they are diverse. Uh, beginning, uh, look again in verse 7. Now to each one of the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given in the Spirit a message of wisdom. It begins listing some spiritual gifts. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So not, not only are there different gifts, there's, there's a, a list, a, a different point in the scripture of different gifts, but also that there's different functions. Look again at verses 5 and 6. There are, uh, verse 5, there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. And there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. These, t- these are actually two different words that Paul is using to describe the, the, the uses to which the gifts of the Spirit can be applied. The, the one, the word, the word that's used for service is diakonon. It's, it's the, it's the uh, root word that we get for the English word of deacon. It just means ministry. It, 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 the gifts are applied to this aspect of ministry. The other word that's used there for working is uh, an erg... I should have practiced this. An ergmaton. I did take Greek. Lots of it. It was a long time ago. Um, but, but that's actually a word that means sort of operations or, or, or functions. If ministries are things sort of inside the life of the church, you can also think of things uh, as uh, gifts being applied outside the life of the church. Operations and functions that may take either within the the community of faith or outside of it. And part of the diversity is because, and we know this in other areas of our life, it takes more than a hammer to build a house. Not just because you don't have a lot of nails, but because a hammer is not going to help you uh, with your landscaping. A hammer may not help you with the electrical work. There's, there's different uh, functions, uh, bec- there's different uh, tools because there's different functions, and there's different functions because there's different problems to solve. Uh, but also there's, um, there's different resources that we're able to bring to bear on different, on different problems. You can have the same gift but apply it to different um, issues. W- one of the ways that um, I, I often think about this, so I drew this amazing outline of a body over here. 
I know, so I should have, I probably should have had Elias come over and, and draw this, but uh, anyway, I know some of you are like, oh, it looks like, you know, uh, <laughs> chalk outline. So imagine just a, a body, and, and, and what I did was I drew it, I put it up here, and then uh, the folks that were here, the ministry teams that were here to help us set up the room, I said, I want you to uh, come over here, and I want you to animate the body using some gift or talent that you have. Now, and so this is what they, this is what they wrote. Um, so someone wrote that they have the talent of light bulbs, is this imagination? Creativity, I don't know who wrote this. I'll call them out. I'm just going to make up something. We'll just say that this is the gift of, of creativity or imagination, okay? Somebody else said that they've got the gift of speech, blah, 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 and thank you. So they, 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 they just realize that they have, a, they have a way with words. Somebody else um, wrote, uh, they drew uh, binoculars they have, uh, uh, that they're able to see. They have a gift of, um, they have, they have a gift of <laughs> bird watching. <laughs> or another way, maybe it's a gift of, of discernment or insight, that they, that they can see some things that often aren't seen yet. Um, this is, I'm going to say that this, I don't know what this is, I'm going to make this up. I'm glad you guys wrote this. We'll say this is a gavel. This is like the justice, that they have a sense of, of sort of right and wrong, that there's a, that there's a um, maybe a prophetic gift of saying the gap between where the community of faith is and where God is calling them to be, and so that they're one that always says, there's, there's more room at the table, we just need to make a bigger table. Um, Somebody has the gift of Gmail. I'm going to call this the gift of, of connection. They just are able, when they see someone that's maybe on the edge, they're just always looking for ways to continue to, to press in and to say, hey, you're welcome here. Uh, somebody's got a gift of green thumbs. They just, they, they're, they're talented. They, they can take um, uh, plants that are on the edge. They can, take, they can just take bare soil and they can make things grow out of that. Now, so this is all sort of animating the body. Now, let's just say it wasn't a body that was on a sheet of paper, but what if the body was the body of Christ? What are the ways that we can take these gifts, the gifts of, of, of insight and, and, and seeing and discernment, and how might we use that into the life of, of, of this church to move us forward as we give consideration to new areas or avenues of ministry or new ways to connect with, with the community or, or even ways to care for those that have been wounded in the life of our own church? And, and that what we need to bring to bear are aspects of discernment in that. But not just in the life of the church. What about the life of the city? How might we take some of these gifts and apply them to some of the prevailing issues even in our own community? How might we take gifts of creativity and imagination and apply them to issues of mass incarceration? Now, when I say even that, you may think, oh, we just need lawyers. But actually, maybe we need folks with green thumbs to say, listen, here's some other ways where gainful employment and tracks of, of reconnecting into the neighborhood and the community, the one that has the gift of connections, how would we take those and bring those to bear on prevailing issues in our city? And so when we think about the diversity of the gifts, it's not just, oh, you have the gift of teaching, so clearly you should go and teach kids. Maybe there's something else, uh, some other ways, or, or that you have the gift of dance, or that you have the gift of beatboxing. What would that mean to apply it to issues of, uh, uh, of affordable housing? Last night, there was an event in our city with DC 127 where those that have gifts of telling stories brought those creative gifts to bear to address issues related to the foster care and the adoption system. So when we think about gifts, it's not just that, um, well, we have gift A and we should apply it to issue A, but it's that we have gift A and we can apply it to, to issues A through Z. And in that, we get to see the diversity, both of the gifts and the diversity that's found within the body and apply those in a number of different ways because you need more than a hammer to build a house. So the, um, the gifts, they are, um, 
they're brought to bear on the needs of the church and they're brought to bear on the needs of the city. But, but, but there is this question, well, so then what are my gifts? There's, there's different passages throughout the New Testament where they're listed um, in Romans and Corinthians and Ephesians and, and other places. And there's no way I can be exhaustive in this time to say it, but just sort of a, a running list of them. You can see gifts of prophecy, of uh, teaching, of encouraging, of exhortation, gifts of, uh, of giving, uh, and gifts of mercy, of being tender with folks. Other gifts that are listed in the scripture, gifts of leadership, gifts of, of words of wisdom where the Lord gives a rightly timed word for a rightly timed situation, gifts of knowledge, just a sense of the trajectory of things and, and the insight that, that the Spirit can bring on such trajectories, gifts of faith. There are folks that can stare down mountains and say, move, and wait for the mountain to move. And others of us who go, ah, I don't, I wrestle with that. Because there's aspects of faith that are a gift, of gifts of, of healing, gifts of discernment, speaking in tongues, interpretations of tongues, gifts of, of helps, the, the, the ability to, uh, to, to rightly care in appropriate measure, apostolic gifts, gifts of, of being able to initiate and start new works or to reinvigorate existing works, gifts of shepherding or pastoring, gifts of celibacy and gifts of evangelism. All of these are, are listed. It's not an exhaustive list, but, but, uh, uh, but a good go of it. And there, there's a lot of, um, and it's right for, for us to say, well, well which, which of these are, are my gifts? How am I gifted? How can I bring my gifts to bear? And there's a lot of different ways to, to um, tackle this. There's uh, books you can buy. There's online resources you can go on and sort of like personality profiles that you can do. And it will generate a, you know, like a PDF form that you can go and go, oh, well, here's, here's my gifts. Let me tell you two of the best ways for you to discern how you're gifted. Prayer and in community. Prayer and in community. Because above all of the gifts that are given, one of the chief gifts that's given is the gift of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so asking the Spirit, Spirit, in which ways have, have you gifted me? And how do you want me to bring those gifts to bear in the life of the church and the life of the city? So through, through praying. And then the other is through the, through the community of faith that's around you. If you want to know how you're gifted, go to your small group when it starts this week and say, what's your sense of it? They'll tell you, we think that you're probably gifted in these three ways. And then let's test it together and see, and see if you experience flourishing. See if you experience the life of uh, the Spirit coming alive in you as you put those gifts to bear in the life of the church and life of the city. You want to know how you're gifted? Ask those that are around you that have been able to observe you live faithfully in your neighborhood, in the context of, of this community of faith, and they'll be able to tell you. Now, our sense is that this is how you're gifted and this is how you're wired. There can also be questions of, um, okay, well, what about... Is there a difference between like how I'm naturally gifted or how I'm naturally wired and um, spiritual gifts? And what I'm inclined to say, I, 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 I want to answer that with a story. Um, I have a friend of mine um, that uh, was a dear friend when Lisa and I lived in Fresno, California. His name was Brian King. Brian, when I first moved uh, to Fresno, Brian had been there for uh, a decade or so. Um, he knew the ropes. He knew the neighborhoods. And uh, Brian was, this, was, a, was an amazing man, still is an amazing man, doing amazing work. And um, so he took me around to the neighborhood, showed me around. Before Brian became a follower of Jesus, um, he was the second in command of uh, the Gangster Disciples in the south side of Chicago. Brian had some natural gifts of uh, leadership. Um, he had some apostolic gifts, and he had the gift of discernment. And he used those gifts in a natural setting on the south side of Chicago for years and years and years. 
and amassed an amazing amount of wealth and enacted an amazing amount of violence. But he used those natural gifts in this one setting. And, and, and he rose to prominence. And then the Lord intersected his life and took those gifts that he was naturally wired with. And when he became infused with the filling of the Holy Spirit, when he said yes to Jesus, the Spirit said, let me take those gifts and I'm going to deploy them in another sphere for the sake of my kingdom. I am transferring your identity from darkness to light and I'm transferring the gifts that, you, that I have given you that you have executed naturally and now you're going to execute them spiritually in this realm. And so Brian has now, he, is no, he has started a number of ministries. He's received a number of recognitions throughout the state of California, awards uh, throughout uh, nationally for his work working with disadvantaged youth and in uh, disadvantaged neighborhoods. But he's using these same gifts in this one setting. But now because he follows Jesus, he's, they have now been transferred into another setting. So the Spirit takes all of the gifts that, that you have been given, but now deploys them in a different setting. So yes, the, the, there can be and oftentimes is an intersection between natural gifts and spiritual gifts. But, now, but spiritual gifts are also developing. Um, gifts aren't, you know, <laughs> babies don't come out of the womb fully grown. Organizations aren't started fully. Sta- like it's just, and, and it's that way with the gifts as well, that they, are, that they are developing. We have to develop the gifts that God has given us. They must be stewarded through use, through trial and error. They have to be uh, developed through, through discipleship. Um, and gifts that aren't, the gifts that are neglected, they don't get developed. Gifts that are neglected, they, they aren't stewarded. Um, my, I think I was a senior in high school when I, um, when I preached my first sermon. I worked on it for two weeks. And when I preached it, it was eight minutes long. And it was tragic. I preached on Moses, have no idea what I said. I knew it was bad. Knew it was bad when I started. Knew it was bad when I sat down. Everyone was incredibly gracious. And it was just rocky. I don't know how I ended up getting a second sermon. But here I am years down the road. Because at some point, someone said, here's a gift that I see you exercising teaching gifts. I see you exercising preaching gifts. I see you exercising exhortation gifts. Now, they're rough, brother, but we see them. Because gifts have to be developed, they have to be nurtured, they have to be discipled. When we, there are ways that gifts can be, can be immature, and in our immaturity, our gifts can, can be used to actually hurt folks. There are things that I, that I preached when I was younger that like, not just like my delivery was bad, but just the teaching was wrong. But God's grace covered it, protected me, protected the hearers from whatever missteps I was making, but still said, there's enough here, there's enough gospel, there's enough goodness, there's enough Jesus in this that I'm going to carry the day. And thank be to God that there were older saints that helped nurture me along. There are other gifts. When, when, when someone has a prophetic gift, immature prophets can oftentimes come across as just jerks. Because they're like, we're not where we need to be. And yes, I know, the community's not where we need to be. And, and you probably all just hate the Lord. I'm the only one that loves the Lord. It's like, that, we need that prophetic voice within the life of the community to remind us of God's faithfulness, even in the midst of our own unfaithfulness, and continue to call us to the steps of justice and the steps of embrace that we need. But there's also a maturity that has to happen with some of these spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts of discernment that can just be led by 
by our own uh, intuition rather than of, of the Holy Spirit. And so gifts have to be, they have to be matured. But also they've got to be stewarded. And whenever, they, and I mentioned this earlier, but whenever they're stewarded, we have to be careful that, that we don't steward them for our own self and self-interests. Uh, now, I don't, I think I'm, I think I'm a reasonably gifted person with words. I, you know, I'm not the best, but I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a professional wordsmith. I mean, let's just sort of say it. Um, there are times where I have used that gift for my own self-interest. There have been times where Lisa and I are in an argument, very strong, passionate argument, and because I know that, that I'm just, that I'm better in turning phrases, and that I've used that to hurt her, as opposed to using the gift to make God great. We have to be careful of how we steward these gifts that the Spirit gives. We have to steward them. We have to cultivate them. They have to come under the sway and lordship of Christ. So the question for us um, is, that I would put to you is, is, is where within the life of the church are you using your gifts? Where within the life of Christ City are you using your gifts? And, and also, where within the life of the city are you bringing those gifts to bear? And, and I think that's the, really the, the lingering question for this. Now, I also want to put out a word of caution uh, when I ask this question. Because some of us will actually use this question as a way to actually not serve in one way or another. It's, it, it would be like, well, I'm not, I'm not really gifted with kids. I'm going to take a pass on VBS. Now, listen, we don't always just get to serve in areas where we're gifted. My, my sons, they would tell you, I'm, Dad, I'm not particularly gifted at taking out the garbage. <laughs> not particularly gifted at washing the dishes. And they're not. I'm like, bro, it's like a blob of ketchup on this. What'd you do? Why you put it back on the rack, bro? Give it another go. But there are ways in the life of, of the care of our church and in the care of our city that God calls us to care for. So be careful about using sort of spiritual giftedness as, as an out as a way to not serve in ways that just that the city or the church needs. I said, this is your season. This is what we need for you to do. But there are ways that we need to nurture the, the budding gifts that we see uh, in ourselves and in others. And so that question, I want that question to linger on us. Where within the life of the church are you using your gifts? And where within the life of the city are you bringing your gifts to bear? So I want to say this. The, the spiritual gifts, they're They're dynamic. I think sometimes we can think of the gifts um, as though that they are gifts that are given and it's one time for all time. And we view them as static. And I think there may be ways where that, where that for some of us, where that is the case. Um, but it might not always be the case. That we can see sometimes that, that God gives different gifts in the Bible for a season and then he says, okay, I'm taking that gift, I'm going to give you another one for a different season. Um, uh, we can see uh, there are aspects, for example, Amos. Um, in the Old Testament, he was given a gift of prophecy. Amos was a fig tree farmer and a shepherder. And God said, I, I want to give you some prophetic gifts. I want you to go and I want you to execute those. And the tradition holds, once he delivered his prophetic message, he went back to farming. That God gave him a gift and that there was a, a dynamism, that it was a dynamic gift. And then he said, okay, I've got something else for you. 
Apostolic gifts, we can see this also, uh, where um, they're gifts that are given for the planting or the starting of a new ministry for the season, and then for the longevity or the, or the strength and growth of that uh, ministry or that organization, what's needed is for not just apostolic gifts to continue, but then for a shifting into shepherding gifts. And so other gifts emerge. So I want us to think through them, not just as, okay, I have this gift, and this is my gift one time for all time, although that might be your story, because that is stories that we do find in Scripture, but it but I also want you to continually be aware of ways that the Spirit may be working in new ways or fresh ways for you. And to say there's other gifts that, that the Spirit may give, either episodically or a different season of your life, or for a given task that's, that the city is facing or that the church is facing. And so there's new gifts that emerge that you didn't know were there. Always be alerted to the ways that the Spirit is at work. Spiritual gifts, they're divine, they're diverse, they're developing and dynamic. A few other things that I want to say just to, just to close us out. They don't start with D, so I'm just going to say them because I couldn't think of other Ds. <laughs> the purpose of the gifts. The purpose of the gifts, frankly, is for the unity of the church and for the good of the world. Most all of the New Testament letters uh, that are written, that, that one of the, the consistent plumb lines through all of them, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Philippians, Ephesians, that, that the plumb line through, through nearly all of them is a call to the church for unity, to hold together as a witness and a display to the love and goodness and grace of God. Verse 12, 1 Corinthians uh, 12, verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. This, this word in, in Greek, it's, it's, it's just translated often as, as, for, the, as for profiting meaning mutual or collective benefit. And so we see saying that, the, that, the, that these gifts are given for the good of the world and also the unity of the church, verse 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink, even so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. See this consistent theme of the oneness and of unity. The gifts that are given by the Spirit, they're not just for you. The gifts aren't only for the gifted. The gifts aren't only for the church. And the gifts aren't only for the world. They are for all of them to hold together so that God's glory may be made great. So for all of us, it's the purpose of it. And then I just think the last thing um, before we finish up is that the gifts that they're rooted in love. I've just been preaching from, from 1 Corinthians 12. But right after all of this talk about the gifts that the Spirit gives, Paul makes this turn to 1 Corinthians 13, which is a passage we often use in the context of marriages. But within the story is actually a passage that deals with the spiritual gifts. And so as, even as Paul is saying, here's the gifts. He's given some this gift, some that gift. And here's what they're for. They're for the goodness of, of the world and they're for the greatness of God. And so the, here are the gifts. And then right after that, this is what he turns to. And this is what he says. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels. He mentions this as a spiritual gift. But if I don't have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. 
If that gift of prophecy, a gift that he just mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12, if that the gift of prophecy can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, yet another gift that he mentions. And if I have faith, another gift that he mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12, a faith that can move a mountain, but I don't have love, then I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, gifts of mercy and gifts of giving, and give over my body to hardship, that I may boast, but I don't have love, then I have nothing. This is the context of 1 Corinthians 13. It's how we use the gifts. It's how we receive the gifts that the Spirit gives us. And so the measure for us in how we use our gifts is ever and always love. Reflecting the love that God showed us in giving His best gift, gift of His Son, and the ongoing gift that God gives us in the presence of the Holy Spirit. So in light of all of this, in light of the ways that the Spirit gifts believers for the sake of the city, for the sake of the world, for the sake of the church, where is God leading you to use your gifts? And how is God leading you to use your gifts? How would you animate the body? for the sake and health and well-being and unity of the church and for the sake of the world. Let me pray for us.